1: Yo, what's good and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for May 23rd, 2022. I'm your host Jan Garcia and joining me is Krista Yang of the Kit and Krista Podcast. Welcome.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. Excited to be here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here today. So, Krista, in case people have been living under a rock, who are you? What do you do? What are you about?
2: Yeah, so I'm Krista. Uh, as you said, I am um, the co-host for the Kit and Krista podcast, the Krista part of it, in case that wasn't super obvious. Um, Kit and I were both uh, formerly um, at Nintendo. I worked there for over 14 years, Kit for over 13 years. So we've collectively been in the gaming industry for quite the quite the lengthy period. Um, earlier this year, we actually ended up leaving Nintendo and starting our own Uh, podcast and show so we've been doing that since um, February of um, of this year and it's been it's been awesome it's been so much fun Um, we've been able to you know talk very freely now about everything um, that we love and that we don't love and um, we've we've been looking uh, looking forward to sharing our insider stories with with everybody um, each and every week so it's been great
1: yeah i've really enjoyed listening to the show um it's like my go-to podcast now but i'm like a little bit behind so like no spoilers (laughs) for like the modern era but i like i'm listening to you know the episodes and i I listened to them a bit too when i was marathon training which really came in handy because that's like all i would do is listen to podcasts so i actually heard um y'all's first episode like while i was running like in santa monica and it was like the why'd we left nintendo and like all that and i was like you know, running through it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to like hear, you know, all this information and insight. Yeah. Um, I kind of already get a sense of what makes your show special, but like, what is your elevator pitch? Like, what do you feel like is unique to um, the podcast and by extension the show? Cause you also have you know, a YouTube channel on top of the podcast as well.
2: That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that makes um, our show sort, sort of unique is that we do have sort of this insider's perspective on the industry um, just because we've been inside Nintendo for so long so we do have sort of this like insider knowledge and and even now when we're talking about stuff um, like the news or we we talk about you know non-Nintendo things on the podcast and and on the show um, it's really fun to sort of put that perspective into some of those other areas as well so um, that's that's one thing that you know is is really unique to us and A lot of other people might also remember, you know, me and Kit from our time at um, Nintendo hosting Nintendo Minutes. So that's really what the Kit and Krista show, um, which is uh, live on our YouTube channel um, every week, is sort of an extension of. Is that we basically um, have, you know, sort of the freedom now to play any games that we want, to feature any content that we want. And that's been really fun as well. Yeah, well, we're so excited to have your insight here today because we got a lot of
1: great stories to get through for y'all, including EA maybe looking to sell. Spider-Man could have been an Xbox exclusive, TikTok's gaming prospects, and more because this is... Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, RoosterTeeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support kind of funny and to be part of the the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for y'all. A new episode of Kind of Funny X-Cast is up with Snowbike Mike and one Khalif Adams talking about what modern sports games are missing compared to uh, the greats of NBA Street and SSX Tricky. You can catch that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or on podcast services when you search for Kind of Funny Xcast. Screencast is popping off in a big way this week as well. Uh, later today, we will have our reactions to the new Mission Impossible trailer and our review of Chippendale Rescue Rangers tomorrow we will have our Better Call Saul final season part one review featuring Jake Baldino. And this Friday, we'll have our review of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi featuring Sage Ryan. I got tired just reading through that. That's a whole lot of content uh, that y'all got to queue up and check out because I bet it's all going to be awesome. So make sure you catch up on all of that uh, coming up on youtube.com slash kind of funny or on your favorite podcast services where you can search for kind of funny screencast. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo Brady. Today, we're brought to you by me undies but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have five stories today a baker's dozen Uh, Starting with EA reportedly looking to sell or merge. This comes from Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku. Uh, The video game market is consolidating like never before, the article reads, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everyone else. The Battlefield and FIFA Maker recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal and also held potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a new report by Puck. While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. Quote, In recent years, as media companies have taken a greater interest in rapidly growing gaming industry, CEO Andrew Wilson and Electronic Arts have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources um, knowledgeable of those talks wrote uh, Puck's veteran media reporter, Dylan Byers. Several sources familiar with these talks say EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger arrangement that would allow Wilson to remain as chief executive of the combined company. But it was apparently a deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest along. According to buyers, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity with EA, with one version of the deal leaving current EA CEO Andrew Wilson in charge of the new mega-business. Negotiations eventually fell apart over price, However, uh, we don't comment on rumors and speculation, according to M&A. EA spokesperson said, you know, the et cetera of not commenting on rumors. Uh, the article continues. Over the past year, there's been a frenzy of video game studio acquisitions, one that sent into overdrive in January after Grand Theft Auto publisher Take-Two announced it buying Zynga for $12.7 billion. Microsoft announced it was planning to buy Call of Duty maker Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Sony followed weeks later with a deal to buy the studio behind Destiny 2 Bungie for $3.6 billion, a price some analysts consider massively inflated and a possible sign of a new mad rush to consolidate gaming among industry's biggest players. In an earnings call in February, Andrew Wilson implied the company was focused on making acquisitions rather than being acquired. As evidence, EA spent $5 billion over the last year buying up studios to increase its size. But now it appears the publisher has been aggressively pursuing other ways of scaling up. Byers reports that Wilson approached Disney as a result as recently as March in pursuit of what sources described as a more meaningful relationship than licensing deals. This news comes as EA has lost or abandoned some of its biggest existing licensing titles, while the publisher recently revealed three new Star Wars games currently in production, including Star Wars Jedi. Jedi Fallen Order that's rumored to release in 2023. Its exclusivity deal with Disney for the Star Wars license isn't going to be renewed when it expires in 2023. It's allowed competitors like Quantic Dream and Ubisoft to announce their own big Star Wars projects. He also revealed last week it's ending its similar 10-year exclusivity deal with FIFA and beginning a 2023 that will reband its blockbuster soccer franchise as EA Sports FC. Um, so, a lot to take in there, a lot to unpack, and that was the first thing I thought of, too, when like I read through this, where I'm like, did didn't they just say they like were not interested in in being acquired? Of course, this is still you know um, still speculation, still rumors. But what do you think about the idea of EA being acquired and the general consolidation of the industry that we're sort of seeing?
2: Yeah, I think this is really interesting, especially on the heels of the um, FIFA story last week, where it just seemed like there was sort of this shift coming in in how you know EA wants to do business with other licensees, with other brands. In terms of this acquisition stuff, it just seems like that is sort of the go-to that these studios are doing nowadays to... It's, it's almost like, you know, habitual now. Like, it's like, who's next with these the, the next acquisition deal? Um, when I was thinking about this too, when I was reading through the article a bit, um, it seemed like they were more... Interested, EA is more interested in maybe a merger than, an, than being acquired. So I wonder sort of which part of the scale they, they fall on, um, if it's really they want to be acquired by somebody or they want to you know, look to merging um, or, or acquiring something for themselves. That's not a licensing deal because I can see that they might have had maybe a, a bad taste in their mouth after what happened with, with FIFA.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned the idea of this sort of being the way of the world at this point, where we're just waiting for whatever the next big story is for these acquisitions. Um, What do you think this does for the industry as a whole? Like, do you, you know, we've had like a lot of conversations on here and across our shows about like whether it's good or bad, or it's sort of neutral because at the end of the day, as long as, you know, the games are getting funded, it doesn't like hit the consumer as much. What's sort of your stance on that overall as we're seeing that move more in the industry? Or do you think it's just like... A, a, a spike that just seems to be happening and that it's not that different than how business has been done in the past.
2: Yeah, it is pretty interesting to see, like you like you were saying, it's like sort of the norm now versus, the, um, versus something that is a, a bit more unique, these kinds of mergers and acquisitions. You know, for me personally, I think the most important thing is for a lot of these studios to like maintain their, their you know, unique voice and unique brand. And I would hate to have sort of a big parent company Um, take that away from some of these studios Um, that that's one thing that we saw you know kind of a lot at Nintendo and and, you know Nintendo's not like out there acquiring all these different studios or anything like that but when they do bring somebody into the Nintendo umbrella like you know with next level games for example it's very carefully curated in a way where it's like Nintendo knows that a studio like next level will follow the Nintendo brand and so they you know in some degree, sort of lose a little bit of their own brand identity and uniqueness by joining um, this bigger company. So I think while it's nice that these, you know, we have the funding and the industry feel, feels like it's it's healthy when, when these kinds of business deals happen, um, there is sort of this, like, little little thing in the back of my head saying, like, I hope that all of these studios don't become sort of bland because they're now under, like, these sort of bigger more like corporate, um, you know, umbrella companies.
1: Yeah. I think we're definitely kind of moving into that era too, of like what we see in a lot of, I think just consumer goods in general, where there's that whole saying of you go to the grocery store and it's like the illusion of having a lot of choice where you, have, right. you see all these different brands, but they're all underneath like yeah. one brand. And you're like, Oh, I, I'd like this one over the other one. It's like, guess what? It's all Pepsi. It's or all it's the all same. Co- yeah, exactly. So there, yeah, I definitely have that concern as well. Um, I think your mention of like the flavor and the identity is so crucial where I think it's kind of like the kind of gap we're seeing, right? Where at least like a lot mm-hmm. of times in past years, past generations, acquisitions have been really exciting as someone who is like covering the industry and is a fan of like all these different companies. I'm like, oh, this is such a great pairing or this makes sense, right? Like the, I love the like the next level comparison where I'm like, yep, this has been like, so long. It's like so much that I almost thought yeah. that was already a studio. Our that was underneath. Thing, right? Yeah. yeah it's totally. like, oh, is that not was that not official? I thought you guys were <laughs> together. So, I I think those have always been really exciting, and the sort of shift we're seeing because people always debate this too. They're like, well, isn't you know, don't you want this as like a PlayStation fan or as an Xbox fan or whatever? And I'm like, to a degree, you know, I think there is a yeah. moment where it gets like I'm really worried about like the vanishing of the third party because I think the third party offers, I guess, kind of like a I don't know, a cohesive like neutral space right there's like different identities different niches and like yeah i really hope to see that it doesn't go away but um we'll see what ends up happening with this uh i am an ea fan i guess i know a lot of people don't like ea for numerous reasons some of which are definitely valid but i definitely have i'm a longtime fifa player and i really like what they do with um ea originals even though there hasn't been a lot of I think noise coming out of that super recently, but um, I've always really enjoyed those projects. Um, But before we move on, like what about you, what's your kind of EA background and to what degree are you a fan of uh, their projects?
2: Yeah, I definitely am a fan as well. Like all the EA games that I've I've played seem really high quality, seem like they're, you know, they're produced really well. Um, So I, you know, I want to see them succeed. They're obviously a big, um, you know, one of the big pillars of the gaming industry. So you want to see, you know, them do well. And so I hope that whatever they're planning is, um, is going to like, you know, help them um, have a solid future. Um, And, you know, you were saying a little bit about like, sort of losing this, this like third party neutral space. I think this is where maybe some of the indie studios and indie games that we're seeing can come in, like really fill in that gap a little bit, as we're seeing some of these changes happening with uh, mergers and acquisitions. And so hopefully that gives um, those smaller studios, a little bit of breathing room to sort of fill in that gap if if needed.
1: Yeah, for sure. I like some uh, people in the chat outrun mentioning everyone is an EA fan to some degree. I think that's a little true, right? Because they they yeah. work on so many different projects that even if you're, you have some beefs with like some of the bigger picture stuff, like you probably have hit up some of those games and had a good time. Uh, people in chat mentioning games like Lost in Random, uh, mentioning Unravel, of course, like you can't really see, but I have like a little Yarny here. In this little, this weird like Xbox third-party indie corner I have, (laughs) um, which I feel like is a little telling in itself. What I got, what I got behind me here, Um, but yeah, you know, um, obviously again, always want to see what's best for the company in terms of like financial prosperity, but also like creative vision. Um, But we'll just see. I think this is also too like a. Uh, the idea of it being more of a merger or these being like really big companies that sort of have like big entertainment roles outside of games speaks to Games becoming a lot more popular and a lot more mainstream like companies are paying right. attention to the fact that hey, there's some There's some money to be made here. Like people are playing games. There is that interest there So I think that also speaks to kind of like that mainstream um, Movement as games continues to age because it's such a young medium Which is really weird compared to like everything else that you know exists in entertainment. Yeah, totally um, but continuing on, let's talk about story number two. Xbox turned Marvel down, leading to Spider-Man on PS4. Um, executive reveals this comes from Chris Scullion over at VGC, who writes in an excerpt from Stephen L. Kent's 2021 book, The Ultimate History of Video Games Volume 2, as spotted on Reset Era. Executive Vice President and head of Marvel Games, Jay Ong, explains how the company cut its earlier deal with activism short in search of a better partnership. According to Ong, Marvel Games wasn't happy with the quality of the Spider-Man games being published by Activision, and the two companies mutually agreed to terminate their licensing deal early. Ong said that when the deal was made to walk away, Activision asked, what are you going to do with this IP after you get it back? To which Ong replied, I'm going to find a better home for it. According to Ong, Activision's reply was, good luck finding your unicorn. Ong said Marvel Games went to both Xbox and PlayStation to see if either of them would be interested in forming an exclusive partnership, asking them, We don't have any big console deals with anyone right now. What would you like to do? Microsoft's strategy, Ong recalls, was to, quote, focus on its own IP, and as such, it decided to pass on the offer. Sony, however, was more receptive. I sat down with these two execs from PlayStation third party, Adam Boyes and John Drake, in August 2014 in a conference room in Burbank, a shot to the LA area. Uh, That was me, not the article. (laughs) I said, we have a dream that this is possible, that we could beat Arkham and have one uh one game at least, and maybe multiple games that could drive adoption to your platform. Sony reportedly responded by offering to make a AAA PlayStation exclusive Spider Man game um, and handed the project to Insomniac, which was independent at the time but was considered one of Sony's most important partners. The resulting game, Marvel Spider Man, was widely critically acclaimed and reportedly went on to sell more than 20 million copies, with its spin off, Miles Morales, selling a further 6.5 million. In the U.S., Spider Man is now one of Sony's most popular, successful video game releases ever in terms of dollar sales insomniac recently announced spider-man 2 with a teaser trailer during the playstation showcase presentation in september 2021 it's also expanding its relationship with marvel via an in-development wolverine game spider-man sequel is due um, to release on playstation in 2023 which i still always forget that that was actually a date that got put out there yeah like I remember me too doing, <laughs> doing ps i love you and like greg being like yeah they said 2023 for that and i'm like oh my gosh that's
2: so that's soon next year
1: it's coming up I, yeah i know I, yeah i guess that, that'll be next year's conversation right i'm like do we think this is coming out like how's, how's this going but, oh i know right um,
2: exactly delay or paint,
1: what? <laughs> paint me a word picture krista what would microsoft spider-man have looked like
2: Oh, man. I don't think it would be as good. I think these Spider-Man games are so amazing because of Insomniac. So I wonder if um, a Microsoft Spider-Man game would have the same, as I like to call vibe, (laughs) as a um, Insomniac PlayStation Spider-Man game. So I'm actually kind of glad because this is one of my absolute most favorite franchises now. i replay, you know, the Miles Morales Spider Man game at holidays now just because it's mm. such a such a great game. Um it's so much fun just to like play these games, you know, kind of over and over again and it's become sort of like a routine for me. So I I wouldn't want to have it any other way, I guess. I, I like it. I like them the way they are. <laughs>
1: You know, if we follow the whole idea of multiple, like, universes, there's a universe where this game exists. That's true, right? If I could hop between universes, I would just play alternate game releases. Like, that YouTube channel would blow up. Um, Can you imagine? But, um, yeah, like, I I love the mention of that holiday vibe, too. Are there other games that you find yourself reaching for, like, that are,
2: like, season-based? totally like luigi's mansion always a holiday. oh game. that's a good one you know, yeah. right and then yeah this one is the, especially the miles morales one cuz he like the beginning of the game is like he's home for you know christmas dinner and uh it's just like it's perfect to play for that time of year
1: here's a question for you this is like a kind
2: of like straying away a little bit from the article
1: but it is on the spider-man topic miles morales versus spider-man ps4 do you have a preference do you think one's better than the other like you know you mentioned like replaying miles mm. did you have that same love for um it's weird to say original spider-man when there's been like a million before but you know <laughs> exactly. you get what I mean.
2: yeah you know what i think i like them both for different reasons i think um of course the quote original one kind of gave you the flavor of what an insomniac spider-man game could feel like and it there was really no um you know that feeling of of, of playing that game for the first time was really it was pretty special so you always have that you know kind of with the first um uh, the original Spider-Man game. And then uh, Miles Morales was just a great kind of next chapter, you know, and these games are, um, I love them because they're so like compact. It doesn't have to be like this super lengthy game that you play for like a hundred hours, but you still get this really solid, um, like w- really well-rounded experience, even in this sort of more compact game. And, and yeah, I think it's just, it's done so well. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't, yeah, you're right. 2023 is like right around the corner. So Yeah, I can't wait to see what's next.
1: Yeah, they're just really cranking these out over here. But, you know, you mentioned that, like, Microsoft not getting the Spider-Man IP was maybe the best thing for that IP. Do you think it was the best thing for Microsoft? Like, do you think they're kind of kicking themselves, being like, we should have got, we could have been, you know, Miles? Or do you just think that they were almost made the right call where it just didn't really quite work with their brand and it wouldn't have popped off?
2: You know, I... I definitely think there's got to be some level of regret when you see like how critically acclaimed these games are, how, you know, and from a business perspective, you know, how much money they've made really. Um, so, yeah, I, I would think that even though uh, Microsoft wasn't interested at the time and maybe that was the right decision for them, and I'm sure they stand by that decision, there's got to be some level of regret like, oh, darn, like we, we really let this kind of let this big one go. Um, I mean, it didn't work out or whatever didn't work out, but it it probably doesn't feel great to see all the great sales and and uh, and you know the critical acclaim that this game has has had.
1: Yeah, I like the mention from Nana in the chat saying Xbox wasn't ready for that IP yet. I think it's an, I don't know I'm not ready to agree with that take, but I think it is an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, in that I do think Xbox is generally on you know the upswing. Um, I don't know that they're gonna get to having that killer internal IP being part of their like brand. That's like the weakest part of their brand is that element. And right now it's very much like, this is a game pass machine and we're all here to play games and we're like Xbox and you can play them on your phone, you can play them on your PC. And they have that really down. Um, But yeah, you know, it's funny too, thinking of like this alternate reality of like Microsoft having, a Spider Man license because the first thing I thought of was which uh, of course and I'm gonna catch myself before I actually like, fully make the statement, but I'm like, well, um, you know, I'm like Sunset Overdrive is great. That's Insomniac. That's an Insomniac game an that was Insomniac on game, an yeah. Xbox platform. So I really do think that they were like such a perfect pick. Like it is obviously it's yeah. always gonna be hard to imagine stuff that, you know, isn't but the idea of anyone else doing it, um, I don't know. Like Insomniac kills motion so well like they capture a feeling in game so well that I I I can't imagine anyone doing it better
2: yeah I I totally agree with you I think that that is so true that they just really capture that feeling of um I don't know it's both like cinematic and also the the movement um so well you know and it's so hard to do that with um with it being sort of a game that you're almost watching like a movie sometimes and also you know a game that you're you're actively like engaging in as well
1: yeah, I, I think, do you think they accomplished their goal of kind of going toe-to-toe with Arkham in terms of, like, critical acclaim and history? Like, do you think that yeah. they kind of accomplished that?
2: I think so. I mean, I think, you know, both, both games have great merits and, and definitely, you know, unique in their own way. But in terms of, like, like how many people know about this, this game, how many people love this game, bought this game, um, I think they've done it.
1: Yeah, Barrett, I know you're on the ones and twos there. Feel free to chat. You're the Arkham guy, so I mean, do you think they they, they nailed it
3: here? Yeah, I, I I I think they did for sure, especially in a in an era where you know the Arkham uh, franchise was essentially done with because and left a void, right? I think Spider-Man like it came in at the kind of perfect time on the other end of the the comic book spectrum to really release something that was truly special. Someone in the chat, um, I forget who, uh, kind of pointed out of like. Uh, Gotham Knights is releasing later this year, and this will be the first Batman game post-Spider-Man. Like, they're, like, not even yeah. thinking of just the Arkham games yeah. th- themselves. Like, they have a kind of high bar to go against when it comes to modern superhero games, which is something, like, I never even thought of. So shout out to uh, whoever said that. I I'm, I lost you, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I can't properly shout you out. Um, but, yeah, that's an interesting aspect uh, to that of uh, DC kind of responding to what's been going on since... You know, their last uh, comic book game, Arkham Knight, coming out seven years ago at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I love either the Spider-Man games as much as I do uh, the Batman games, but for sure, they're, they're on that same pedigree.
1: Yeah, um, I think absolutely. It really has set the standard, I think, for what, um, like, those kind of IP games can be, what superhero games can be. And I'll be interested to see, like, when you bring up the person in the chat mentioning, like, these additional games that are coming out, like, what is going to be the tone, the feel, like, and I think it's going to be a natural comparison point, too, which, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, in a post, um, like, Dark Knight world, everyone wanted to, like, get that Dark Knight gritty feeling, and it, like, didn't really work for certain IPs, so I'll be interested to see, like, how they can form, you know, sort of their own identity, or I think of, like, you know, other, uh, hero games, like, even just, like, the Guardians games and stuff like that, um, it's interesting, like, people trying to carve out a, Quality game in a space that has like a beloved IP—it's a—it's a a hard thing to mash up, and um, it's even more impressive for that reason that Spider-Man is such the franchise that it
2: is. Yeah, people have such high expectations when it's like some some IP that they've like grown up with. I'm actually really interested in this Wolverine game too, because that is like something completely different and sort of falls in that same pattern. Like you were talking about, like you know, are they going to be able to? sort of mash that up in a way that is acceptable to long-term fans of um, of Wolverine and, and um, X-Men? Like, are they going to be able to do that? So we'll see. Yeah, like, it, all
1: we have really is, like, the grittiness of it, which I think in itself is a little bit of a deviation, but I'm just wondering, like, what is that moment-to-moment, like, movement going to feel like? You know, it's going to be, like, motorcycling around? Like, I'm, I'm really just not sure what to expect yet, um, but I'm excited, and I, I, I hope it does feel really distinct from i think what spider-man offers because i think so yeah. few games can get away with it it feels so cool to walk go around that no one uses your fast travel system like that is the biggest movement compliment that you can like land um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm really excited to see what it is uh a lot coming from that team um yeah um, it'll it'll be a good 2023 hopefully sure. um but speaking of things to come let's talk about tiktok Already testing games as part of its service. This comes from Amelia Zollner over at IGN, who writes As part of an ongoing trend of streaming platforms like Netflix adding games to their service, TikTok is now playing a push into the gaming world. According to a report by Reuters, TikTok is currently testing the addition of mini games to its app, starting with a pilot period in Vietnam. Anonymous sources told Reuters that the platform has plans to expand its test to other areas in Southeast Asia in the third quarter. Additionally, they claimed that TikTok's plans for gaming will eventually expand beyond minigames, signaling a new era for the video sharing app. It's unknown when or if these games being tested in Vietnam might reach a larger audience or launch to a larger audience. However, TikTok already has a few HTML5 games already available for users in the United States, including Zynga's Endless Runner Disco Loco 3D. This is in ByteDance's, TikTok's parent company's first foray into the gaming world. The company already owns uh, PixMain and Nuverse, two video game publishers. Uh, Doyen, a version of TikTok available in China, also offered games to its users since 2019. According to routers, TikTok will likely utilize ByteDance's library of games for its in-app games, and TikTok isn't stopping there. The app recently saw the addition of, you know, invisible dislike buttons and is also testing out other features like subscriptions or influencer feeds. Um, Krista, what's your background on TikTok? I know um, y'all have a TikTok for the show, um, but are you a big user on like a personal level? And what do you think about like playing
2: games on tiktok or gaming through tiktok yeah i have really like sunken deeply <laughs> into tiktok over the last couple of years especially during okay, wait, you know like wh- your for you page i gotta know what pet? when you
1: when you open it up what do you what are you getting what are you getting on there when you scroll through like five I, or six okay, videos what's
2: my for my for you page like i'm definitely mm-hmm. getting a lot of food videos i okay. love to like watch recipe videos i get a lot of pets i have two dogs and so of course i'm always like i'm always watching like some cute puppy or cat do some something weird on tiktok um what else i get i get weirdly i get like the corporate tiktok sometimes like the funny like corporate tiktok which is oh, like the skits like the yeah what it's like to work yeah yep yeah, some of those too. Is, like the tiktok skits um yeah that's pretty much it i'm i think i've curated my page like the algorithm must know me well because it really is feeding me <laughs> what i want to see um so I'm, I'm doing okay but yeah i've really like sunk into this platform deeply um since like 2020, I think during the pandemic is when a lot of people sort of started to heavily use TikTok and, Mm um, it definitely is such a different like social platform than any of the other ones that, you know, people typically, um, use, Um, yeah, we, the Kit and Krista show, we do have a TikTok. It's TikTok slash Kit and Krista. We post the weirder stuff there and it's so much fun and it has nothing to do really with like what we're talking about on the podcast, what we're doing on the show every week. It's just like random stuff that we find funny, like sounds that we find humorous. And, and it's just, it's really fun to like do something kind of like irreverent and like not related to (laughs) pitching that you know, that the show and, and the podcast are doing, um, but yeah, this this thing about the gaming though on TikTok is, feels odd to me. I, I think that the platform is maybe going into a direction where they're getting a little bit splintered. You know, they're doing so mm-hmm. well with filling this very specific niche for people, um, and and getting you know a lot of creators to jump onto this platform because of the way their algorithm works, because of the way the trends work on TikTok. It feels like when they start to talk about things like adding games and and then recently they, they're adding they added like TikTok stories which i found to be a head scratcher is like yeah don't stop it don't like mess with the, the, the friendification TikTok. of TikTok. tock yeah, like exactly. it's funny because
1: and it's not even that i'm embarrassed by my TikTok because i promote it plenty of times like i'm at game honest <laughs> like i'm everywhere but like they always ask like do you want to merge your content? i'm like no i just no, i don't I do. know i don't want like some job i worked eight million years ago seeing like my feed and all that and they have like the friends tab now i mean the updates always roll out kind of sort of randomly so it's always hard to know like oh do you have this thing yet but like having like a friend's feed i'm like N- i am just here for like general creators in a way that i'm not i think on every other platform which i think is what's so unique to tiktok and that's right. why i'm like i don't need this to be like where I see my friends, like, I follow some of my friends, but I'm like, they're in there with everybody else on my following list. And, you right. know, I think that's that's really where it um, shines the brightest. Um, do you have you seen like much just general gaming content then on your feed? Because you mentioned your for your is mostly food and dogs and skits and things. But do you see like yeah. people talking about games or like, you know, even we playing do. like they have those
2: weird filter games that you can play on there, too? Yeah, I do get some of those filter games and I know Reels does that. It's like a big thing on Reels now too. So there is some like bleed over. Um, but, you know, my favorite thing to your point is like the things that are really unique to TikTok is like discovering a random creator, discovering like a really cool video or, or something like that. That That's what makes that kind of surprise is what makes that platform so interesting and, and fun and, and like keeps you on it because you don't know like with the next scroll if you're going to get something that's going to um, that's going to surprise you and, and make you laugh or whatever. Um, gaming content. I do see some on TikTok, you know, Minecraft seems to be a big thing on TikTok. Um, animal crossing. I still get a lot of that, even though, you know, animal crossing certainly isn't as, um, as popular as it was, uh, about a year ago, but I still get some like cozy game <laughs> animal crossing type of content on, on TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, does, it does feel odd, though, that, you know, they're not really, you know, TikTok as a company isn't concentrating on what their lifeblood is, which is like supporting their creators and getting more creators on to do what they do best, which is to make really cool, interesting content that, you know, you and I want to want to see. Um, and instead, they're doing weird stuff like, you know, adding games or <laughs> adding a, you know, fr- friendification and stuff onto, onto the platform.
1: So do you think there's a world where that whole idea of quickly sort of jumping between things and discoverability could work with games? Like, even if it's not maybe playing the video games, is there a world where it's like trailers or feeds? Like, do you think there is viability in them even dipping into gaming? And if so, what do you think that viability might look like?
2: Yeah, I definitely think, you know, you can reach a pretty different audience on TikTok. Um than with some of the other social platforms. And so there, there could be like a world where um, you could, you know, find new people to become interested in games because of TikTok. So, but I think to make that work, you would have to have like really curated like content that is made for that platform. You could you can't just roll like a vertical video trailer and have it like yeah. take off on TikTok. That's not what the platform really is about, it's about, you know, these trends and, and these creators. So, you know, there could be a world where it's very creator driven and it's more so like, you know, shorter bites of what we see on YouTube, like reaction videos or, um, you know, quick unboxings or quick gameplay videos or challenges. I can see that working more so on TikTok and uh, with gaming content and, 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 you know, being something that people would want to see versus it like, Um, being, you know, straight up repurposing stuff from your other channels onto that platform. Right,
1: or like a place to play. I I would definitely try it, but the idea of bouncing even quicker, like it seems a little overwhelming to like bounce between games so fast. But at the same time, like if you would have pitched me years ago on, you know, and obviously there's been other platforms that have bite-sized content. It's like TikTok is the first bite-sized content platform, but I probably would have also thought that that was too, too much or too short, or even like some of their expansion into longer form videos. Like at first I'm like, oh, I don't want anything more than the 60 seconds, but I'm like, the one in three is kind of nice. Now the 10, I think yeah. is my line. I don't know. I don't think I like the 10. And then the yeah, 10 is a like, lot
2: long. People are yeah. like, if
1: you do a 10 minute video and you tell me to go to part two, I'm uninstalling the app. Yeah,
2: I'm not doing um, it. I'm never going to see part two, sorry. <laughs> um,
1: really quick, before we move on, uh, Nathan, the viewer uh, in the chat, says, my TikTok is just Elden Ring, uh, which reminds me, are you, still, wow. are you still in on Elden Ring? Or have you? Uh, again, I'm behind on the podcast, so I don't know if you've like oh,
2: man. beaten it or are still playing it. I beat it. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah. I am. First Souls Woo! game, right? My first Souls game. I could not believe it. I, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but like when I first started playing Elden Ring, I was like... There's no way I have to only, I'm gonna, only going to play like one hour of this game and then I'm probably going to stop because I won't be able to do it. Here I am, two and a half months later and like a hundred hours later, I beat the game. I can believe it. It's awesome. Nice. Are you just, are you out now? Did you finish it and I'm then out. walk away?
1: Or are you going to like keep living yeah. in there? Are you going to go for like the platinum? Why, what, what platform are you playing on actually?
2: PS5. Um, are you going for
1: like the platinum? Or are you like a trophy hunter? No,
2: I can't do it. I'm I'm not a completionist at all. You could do. But maybe you don't want to, which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like I can go back to that world. Maybe there's like there's like other quests, big quests, side quests I didn't do yet. So maybe like in a couple months. But I definitely needed a break from from it after I like so struggled through that last boss. So now I'm like onto other things and like I've quote moved on with my life. But I think about that game a lot. Like I miss it. And I, I did consume a lot of, like, video content for that game. Mm-hmm. I did see Elden Ring content on my TikTok channels. Um, and I definitely was, like, watching a lot of, like, Elden Ring videos and stuff like that. So I can see, you know, sort of those, like, quick things, quick bites about sort of things that you see or things everyone collectively experiences in Elden Ring, you know, on TikTok. I, I can relate to that for sure.
1: Oh, I also appreciated uh, royal in the chat saying, Elden Lord Krista." Your new title, yeah, congratulations.
2: I love it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> um, and before we continue on, I want to remind y'all that you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
0: This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the undies. And then, boom. MeUndies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head-to-toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from but if you just like classic black that's totally cool too they got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for they have super fun seasonal prints tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4XL so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers you can get 15% off if you sign up for their free-to-join membership you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices to get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee. guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny tell them tim getty sent you
1: now let's talk about more classic PS Plus Premium titles that have been cited on the PlayStation Store with added features. This comes from Hearing Cryer over at Games Radar, who writes: More classic PlayStation games have appeared on the PlayStation Network ahead of the PlayStation Plus relaunch, as chronicled over the last few days by Reset Era or Reset. Era, I never really know. It's been so many years, and I still don't think Reset I read era. it right. Reset, <laughs> Reset Era, Reset era. Reset you got it. <laughs> uh, users, two brand new PlayStation games have popped up on the PSN Store: Odd World, Abe's Odyssey and Ridge Racer 2 are now both officially on the PSN store, with both having received a special PS1 emulation tag. However, the store listings for both games let slip some brand new features. It appears each backwards compatible game will have a CRT filter available on top of a rewind function, brand new PlayStation trophies, which was just recently confirmed you know, by Ben last week, and I think Tim and uh, Stella had touched on that, I think, last week as well, um, upscaling features for modern TVs, screenshots, and more. With this, we're be- beginning to get the idea of how the classic PlayStation titles in the PS Plus collection for premium and extra tier subscribers will work. Earlier this month, PlayStation finally pulled back the current on which classic games will be included with the revamped PlayStation Plus service when it launches next month in June, and offerings were admittedly slim. There were just 10 classic PlayStation games listed, including Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, Tekken 2, Jumping Flash, and Worms World Party, to name a few. Thanks to new listings today, though, we have a better idea of the features that'll be available to complement these older games, as the likes of the Rewind feature and CRT could bolster these classic PlayStation titles. So, Krista, I gotta know, when you're hitting up these retro games on modern consoles... Are you using, or even just new games, because some games also have this as an option, like Loop Hero had the CRT filter. Are you mm-hmm. a CRT filter person? Like, let's
2: start there. Let's get it all out in the open. I'm not really. You know, okay. But you, know what, right? you know what? Same. Are you not either? Okay, good. I'm. I'm no, it's, it, it, it makes it harder to see. I do get, like, the,
1: you know... The nostalgia but i'm the like nostalgia play, it's nostalgia yeah. for a time when i didn't have a
2: better tv which yeah. i think i'm okay you know yeah you're like eyes have changed now you need the 4k yeah. <laughs> so i'm i'm all about using the modern technology but the feature i do really like is the rewind feature mm-hmm. and i have actually used that quite a lot sometimes i play these older games and i'm like how did i play this as a kid without any of these like safety net features because it's kind of impossible now. Maybe we're just spoiled. I don't know. Maybe our skills have deteriorated with age. I have no idea. But you idea, beat but... Elden Ring, so we know that's not true. It's, <laughs> I, don't
1: <know laughs> I don't know what know it storyline. is, though, but you're absolutely right, because I, um, even just like, and this isn't a game that's on Nintendo's service, so it was play through means I don't know of because I only follow the law here. I only play yes. properly released games, but other people I know, other deviants I know, you know, may dip into other means. <laughs> and I like, was, <laughs> I, was, I know my boyfriend was playing um, Metroid fusion, which is like one of my favorite games ever um, through means I'm unaware of. Right? like right, that. Right, sure. And he had some of those, like, extra features of either... I don't think he had a rewind, but he had probably, like, extra saves or something. Mm-hmm. And even with all that, like, he kind of was really challenged by that game. And he's, you know, generally, like, pretty skilled. And I'm like, yeah, what if I told you I was, like, a child? Like, a small... A smaller child, right? I'm a, I'm a small adult. A small child beating that game <laughs> straight up. Like, couldn't even see the screen because of the sun. And I don't know how I did it. Because I don't... And I love that game, but I'm afraid to go back. Because, like, some of them are just so brutal that I think you're right like the rewind feature it helps since they're not remaking the game and adjusting like maybe some of the saves or some of the difficulty that rewind helps you get through some stuff that maybe you don't want to have to get through
2: on your own yeah I don't know I mean it it is kind of weird that we were able to do it but then I also think about the kids nowadays that are playing one some of these games for the first time with all of these great you know features to help them through it it's like is that a good or bad thing? Are they not like sort of going through the gauntlet like the we The true did as kids? experience. It's true, exactly. Like, are are you honing your skills so later you can play Elden Ring in like thirty thirty one and beat it? Because um, you played like you know Mario <laughs> the I regular way. Skill transfer, I don't know. And, I, and
1: that's, that's the a- worst <laughs> part about like
2: hard, like being good at some
1: games. Like I can play really difficult platformers, but then I'm like, oh man, I have to parry in this game. Oh, I mean, so get really our rolling
2: like, oh man, I can't play a platformer to save my life, really? So. yeah, so this is where, yeah, maybe it's just up you know, personal talent, personal, you know, I don't know, personal um, way of playing, but um, but yes, these classic games i'm glad to I'm glad to revisit them. I'm very glad to have all these new features to make revisiting them easier and more fun and less frustrating um. And, it, you know, it's it's great to have them, so keep it coming.
1: Yeah, I think it just adds additional, like, incentives to check them out again. Um, and I, it just, I don't know, it's kind of nice. Obviously, like, I never want to disparage the amount of work that goes into doing really anything with a game, whether it's, whether it's porting it, remaking it, remastering it, adding in these things, adding in the trophies. Like, there is labor behind all of these things. But at the same time, like, it just, it feels nice that people did that additional work because it shows... I don't know, I guess, extra care going into um, these, like, classic games. And it, you know, makes it also easier to go back and enjoy them where, yeah, maybe you do need the Rewind feature to get through some of these, or you would just, like, enjoy it a little bit more. Honestly, in general, games with Rewind features, I'm kind of about it. Like, I love, like, Forza Horizon and, like, If I'm not going to lie, I rewind through like when you like watch me slowly back up through like eight signs I knocked over and like I'm all off the line. I'm like go farther, further back just to kind of reset it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit a little bit easier. Um, I do want to ask, what is your ideal way to play retro games slash like what are some of the ways you dabble, you know, ideally legally but feel free to get arrested after the show if you'd like to here
2: comes the ninjas through the window again just kidding um yeah night know... trap all over again like it just <laughs> <of> my childhood <laughs> um i i definitely you know really rely on things like this like the playstation uh plus services or like the uh, nintendo switch online like i really do rely i have no idea how people are able to get these have these other ways to play these games. I'm just not like skilled enough in that area to even like fathom how I would do that. So I rely on, you know, these platforms to like almost spoon feed these retro games to me, which um, I think it's really important that, you know, these games still exist in some way. Like nowadays, it's just so impossible to find some of the games that we played as kids and enjoyed as kids. So if you wanted to like you know, relive those memories or, or you know, ha- have a, a way to play them again. Um, I'm really glad that there are these services that make it possible um, for us to do that. So, yeah, that's that's really my preferred way to consume these games. Um, it was so funny. I was on a plane uh, yesterday coming back from a trip and I was like, I had my Switch and I was like, I kind of don't feel like playing anything else except for Super Mario World, you know, and mm-hmm. like to be able to play that game game that's like my favorite game of all time on a plane, like with my switch as a adult. It was like, this is cool. Yeah. This is awesome, you know? So I'm glad I'm glad these things exist and for like dummies like me that can't figure out other ways to, to get it. It's like this is the way it's gonna be for me. It so. is a pain going through like more
1: yeah. trad I'm I'm big of like the on um, the weird like mashup of things. Like I like to use modern tech to enjoy very old tech. So like I have yeah. like the Um, the GCHD, um, like the little like adapter for the GameCube Mm. to like get it to have like an eight where I can plug like an HDMI cable to it. I have the same one for the N64. Um, so it's like, this is the most... Everything outside of like, um, not that I'm against going in and like modding or adjusting the console. It's just that tends to be more expensive or extra work. Like, I know a lot of people like doing yeah. that themselves. Like, oh yeah, like I'm going to crack that thing open and like start tinkering around. I'm not going to do all that. Like I am barely going to start approaching like Lego. You know what I mean? Like I exactly. can't do this at scale. And then I'm like, it doesn't like, no, I can't, I can't do it. So I like doing stuff like that. um, Getting like modded um older consoles or things. Like I really want to get like a new, like modded GBA that's backlit, you know, the analog pocket drops, a lot of people like that. Um, oh, so I enjoyed, cool. yeah. I enjoyed doing that because um, I like using, like, the old hardware, like the old cartridges and stuff. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, like, I definitely, if I can play it modern, I probably just will do that. Like, I have, um, you know, old carts, like the N64, but if it's on the Switch service, like, I'm going to play it that way. Like, I don't feel the need to replay Yoshi's Island on, like, the SNES Junior I had as a kid when I can just right. play it you know, on my Switch. So I think having those options is really good. And it also really helps too with how much stuff can become more expensive sometimes. Like the idea of, you know, I have a freaking Mario 64 cart that was like, I don't know, had to at least been like 60 or $80 because it came in the box. And like, I like having that as a collector, but like, it's nice to have a way to play that game that doesn't involve spending a bunch of money and investing in all this stuff that you're only going to use yeah. for this one specific thing um so yeah uh before we move on i do want to know though too um for the playstation new revamp stuff a uh, playstation plus plus as i've been calling it i don't know why they didn't go with <laughs> that name. name i like um, that right it's like no confusion rolls off <laughs> the, the tongue guys the plus, plus two yeah um <laughs> what tier are you getting or are you upgrading um from like base playstation
2: plus assuming that you have that I might upgrade. I know that this is controversial because people are like, "Why would you do that without like really knowing what's coming?" I mean, like, I feel like it might be worth it just to see you know what yeah. that offer looks like i don't I don't love that you know they're sort of slow trickling out these you know these more retro games and not giving people a full picture of what that looks like. That feels a little nSO-ish to me. Mm-hmm where it's like, just tell us the roster. You obviously know it, just, you know, tell us so we, we can make a decision. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to getting upgrading, really. Um, I, I, you know, I, I feel like right now, I play my PlayStation probably the most out of all the three consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of in on it. So
1: yeah, same. I think I will probably just go for the highest tier just to not n- remove the questions of it. And then also, like, I can always use the excuse of, oh, well, I'm informing the audience, <laughs> even though exactly. I'm like, I just was probably going to do this anyway. I need um, this. At least for the, <laughs> yeah, I need this. I need it for work. For your um, job. Yeah. Yeah, this is a work expense. Um, Anything is work expense if you think about it enough. Um, Anyway, but yeah, I think I'll just do that just to kind of see, like, what is that first year like? And I have a lot of fun exactly. being an early adopter, even though early adopters always get burned, but like I enjoy that burn. I'm like, I'm part of the community. You know, we're here, we're hanging out, we're figuring it out Um, for most stuff, not everything. But uh, speaking of retro games though, I do want to do our last story, which is a bit of a PSA. This is a last day of Wii U and 3DS funds coming from Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer. Uh, And I've seen this a couple, Uh, different places kind of shouting this out and being like, I tested it, don't worry, it still works just today. Um, So a short PSA for those who still use their 3DS and Wii U family of systems, today is the last day that you can use a credit card to add funds to the account. So again, this is like a slow roll, whole clarification. So on Nintendo's customer support page, regarding the upcoming closure of the Wii U and 3DS eShops to new purchases, it states as of May 23rd today, it will no longer be possible to use a credit card to add funds uh, to those accounts. Uh, And they also mentioned that like, hey, we checked this at the time of writing, it's good. I also Googled a few other places that were like, we just did it, it's so good. So definitely try uh, and do that if you're interested in doing it. Uh, and then I also want to mention, uh, the article closes out saying, meanwhile, from August 29th, users will no longer be able to use Nintendo eShop cards to add funds. So it's again, it's a slow roll where like, Today is the last day to like put your credit card in and like add money after that you can still use the cards but then after that you know and it keeps continuing um and then they put after this time that august 29th date however you'll still be able to redeem download codes this is possible up until late march 2023 and then after that i guess we say our final goodbyes so as we start to the sun starts to set on the 3ds and the wii u um obviously this is this first or like mostly impacts digital because technically, you know, you can still put in these like old cartridges and things um, or discs, I guess, for the, the Wii use case. Um, but, you know, digital is obviously really big. So obviously, like, again, like the stuff like Pocket Jockey or like Box Boy, if you're right. like really want those games, those are probably the first ones you want to prioritize. Um, but I want to take this time too, just to talk about what some of our favorite games are from those uh, family of consoles.
2: Oh, you just named two of my favorite ones. Pocket Jockey is a low-key underrated game. Um, I I
1: haven't played it yet.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna download what? it. I have, I, yeah, I know. It's
1: like so. It was like in that I remember listening to NVC and they were like so heavy in a Pocket Jockey. But don't oh. worry, I have. I didn't have time for the show, but I brought out the 3DS. I charged it. Um, also, shout oh out to how gosh. fast this charged and turned on. Because like no shade, but my Shocking. PS Vita, I tried turning it back on and it's like a several hour process. But yeah, Pocket <laughs> Jockey. Tell me about Pocket Jockey.
2: Oh my gosh. Game for a game, which is weird and pool at the same time. But um, yeah, it is the weirdest game for me to describe to you. It is like a card game with horse braces. Very cute. The horses are cute, but weirdly. Their heads addictive. are giant. Their heads are huge. They're very cartoony. Um, you can like up their stats by getting these different cards. And I, I mean, I'm doing a terrible job selling this game to you. My, my, just, just try it. You'll love it. It's, really really fun it was very surprising that like this game captured collectively captured our hearts but um yeah yeah, i I really feel like you know it's funny because like i know some people this
1: is probably the first time hearing about pocket jockey but yeah like i the only thing i know about pocket jockey is that everyone's like you got to play pocket jockey it's actually really good It's it's a fun like kind of deeper cut um and it's definitely one of the more i think interesting games at least caught my eye looking through people's like i did the quick classic google of 3ds games digital only and you know it's kind of a a weird hodgepodge of things you know the the Mm -hmm. idea of the best digital only ones like i saw someone shout out like um a picross version of like twilight princess or something is on there i don't know yeah you know um so yeah i think oh yeah rhythm heaven uh in the chat being shot as as digital only because i think it got Mm -hmm. a physical release but not in the u.s so that's kind of that right that line it's so yeah definitely too. put put in the chat what your favorite um digital games are especially yeah phoenix right um some of those games get shout out too oftentimes mm-hmm. for digital um i was definitely not very digital during the era of the 3ds or the wii u so i i do want to mm-hmm. hit up those games um but other stuff that i love from that era um gosh there's again a lot of these are physical so You can or all of them are physical because I have them physically. Um, I, you know, of course, loved Brain Age. Still, I feel like I have only gotten dumber in the post Brain Age era and there's nothing that's revitalized (laughs) my mind since then. And but I love the 3DS genuinely and I had a lot of fun. Um, I would definitely encourage you guys to go out there and like hit up a retro game store if you have access to one and just see what you can find. Because like I got a bunch of games that I've actually never played for my 3DS from a friend that I want to check out. Um, games like uh, Devil Survivor, um, Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, uh, Electro Plankin, Yeah, nine and nine. on Cube, I think, is currently in the console right now, because I was like, I'll play this. And then I just still hadn't. But for stuff that I had hit up, um, you know, Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story. Um, oh, I really love Pokemon Sun and Moon, I think, was one of is still one of the best Pokemon games, yeah, I think. For sure. Top, also, top you, three. you dance with the Pokemon in that game. I feel How like can we can't, say no to that, right? We can't understate that. Um, but yeah, what about Fire you? What Emblem. are some other...
2: Fire Emblem. Yep. Fire Emblem Awakening is a great game. Um, what else is there? There's uh, Professor Layton, which was one of my favorite series. Um, some of those games are on Switch, I think. Um, or some of the Professor Layton mm-hmm. games are on Switch. But the original DS and 3DS ones are really good. Um, I was just thinking about Elite Beat Agents over the weekend, and I'm like, where? How? Where's the sequel to that game? Like, when do we get to see that again? Um, yeah, there's a there's a ton of of really good um, three D S D S games. Yeah, it's it's a little sad to see it sort of really coming to an end. And uh, yeah, empty your bank accounts, I guess, to, onto your credit cards so you can get all the games you want before today.
1: Um, do you think there's a chance that we'll see? like, 3DS games on the Switch or, like, a 3DS section in NSO? Or do you think it's, that's too modern? Like, what, do you, what are your speculations on that?
2: I wonder if they would, but I also wonder how they would do it with the dual screen and yeah. if that's hard, you know? If you'd to... have to turn the Switch sideways and use one of those third-party oh, configurations. That, I, do, I do have that configuration. Right? For, um, yes. Th- like, that, yeah. that
1: company would clean up if they ever did the sideways I know! Games
2: oh my gosh that's a that's a feat though that's not not like a straight ported over kind of situation you would have to like change the layout of the game so i wonder if that is just too too much um, to what
1: degree does that like do you feel like that's a hindrance or does that irk you for nintendo because i have that like internal debate all the time where part of me really loves how every almost every like nintendo generation it's so distinctive that like there's almost you can't really cross them over but then it becomes such a con when like you want to play anything anywhere else because it just feels like those games so closely live on those devices or with those controls.
2: Yeah it's hard because I I think about that all the time too I'm like how come this game isn't on Switch or how come they, they can't port this over on Switch and it's sometimes it feels like a totally missed opportunity especially like when you think about the Wii U era and how like you know there's so many great games on that on that system that no one played because no one bought a Wii U. So it's like, what a missed opportunity not to have that come on Switch. And obviously some of them have already, but um, yeah, it, it's tough when it's, I feel like it's tough from a business perspective when it's not a straight, like easy port. Um, then does it like make sense to dip Oh my dollars? Yes, this game.
1: Share it with the B-roll, Wind Waker HD. Like, he knew it, please, read
3: my mind. for the love of God, please. please.
2: Yes, I don't want to right go now. to
3: Blessing's house to pick up the kind of funny Wii U just to replay this game. Please, for the <laughs> I... love of God, just port it to Switch.
1: Here's Thanks. what I'm scared of, though, with the idea of that port. I am horrified that they will port that game over. But it won't be the HD version. It'll be the GameCube version. No, it's all, like it's still you still gotta get say it. Because isn't that what Nintendo would do though? Like I know I'm. I feel bad saying that, mm. but like, and then here's. <laughs> but like, isn't that what they would do? I just feel like they. they weird, it hurt yeah. me a lot, yeah. and I just don't know why. Um. Yeah. No. That is absolutely the gem on. And again, obviously, these you can't do these physically, so like you know, still go out and get those. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is the shining star that is left in the dust for some reason for, so I think, the Wii U's library. Because um, they've gotten a lot of the other big hits here. Like, I brought out my collection. And a lot of these games are either represented or, like, they have sequels. So it kind of doesn't really make mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah. I'd love to see, um, even though this was got a port to 3DS, um, Yoshi's Crafted World, or Yoshi's oh, Willy oh, World, because Crafted Yoshi's is on. Yoshi's
2: World is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I'm playing through that still. Um, like, that's actually why I had my Wii U so handy for today. It wasn't just that I have it there all the time. Like I replugged plugged it in to play Woolly World. It's so good. It's like one of the best Yoshi games. And like many games on the Wii U, I feel like it doesn't get as talked about because the Wii U was not incredibly popular. So yeah, oh my god, Wind Waker, just the cloud version. <laughs> why are y'all putting this into the world? But yeah. Um, yeah, we but... need it,
2: we need it for sure.
1: The idea of the 3DS and the Wii U getting a new life on the Switch is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look?
2: Uh you will go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday.
1: Uh, out today on Steam, we have Godspeed do 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 Defender. Do 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 oh yeah, do do
2: do. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't for- I forgot. Forget to add, the I know.
1: I know I always it's like I have such good runs on here. I know. I know. Can we get some damage ants in the chat, please? Thank you. Um, (laughs) This is like something where I know what you're thinking. How is it that you like learn this and then periodically I forget it? Here's the thing. When I usually make this doc, I add in like don't do that. But then sometimes I forget to add (laughs) it in because like this is a shared, you know, inside baseball. It's like a, a blank doc template that like I copy over and I like make it the way i make it so yeah um i appreciate the the dammits, the the emotes but out today is god defender on steam in a thousand one jigsaw home suite home two on steam we we're absolutely dying without Zack's weisen's roundup i don't know how he was getting those but we're gonna get together uh new dates i do want to shout out that um i think the pronunciation is is it chia uh delayed to 2023 uh that's that open world sandbox inspired game um inspired by uh, new caledonia it kind of has like a very like exploratory and sort of whimsical look to it um i believe this is pops up in a couple of showcases uh but yeah delayed until 2023 but this is definitely one that i have on my you know list that i'm looking forward to and it has you know the climbing definitely i think some people making the the kind of breath of the wild-esque comparisons with like some of the i guess elements uh that you kind of see in here but it seems like a really cool one so we'll have to wait a little bit longer on that title uh, rounding out uh jump into your wrongs real fast. Don't really have to, you know, some shout outs on like extra things that are popping up with trophies, which yeah, keep an eye out on those uh rumors and and PSN things. Um, but I think we're actually pretty good. Um, yeah, one professor Layton game on Switch, but it doesn't feature the professor. It's Layton Miss Mystery journey. Thank you Nano That's for the right. deep. The deep yes. Professor Layton cuts. Um, But yeah, that's basically it other than, you know, shout outs or like extra rumors and things for us to dig into, which uh, we'll have plenty of other times and shows to unpack all of that because tomorrow's hosts are uh, Tam and Gary Witta. So stay tuned for that on a Tuesday. Uh, Barrett, do you know what's happening after this on the stream? After
3: this is one Snowbike Mike hanging out with one Kevin Coelho on the calendar. And again, you know, this could change in two minutes. They have Valheim or Portal 2, which, two very, very different, different vibes. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see what they uh, stick with. Maybe they'll just uh, fall, out, uh, fall back on some Fortnite, because I know those two love Fortnite as well. But it's going to be, either way, a fun time with uh, Kevin and Mike. I know, uh, for those of you anticipating KFW, don't worry. There will be another KFW this week. Uh, just not today.
1: Thanks. Uh, and you can catch that stream later uh, if you subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Um, for now, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those who are subbed to the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.